0: Chapter 17, Stupid Savior Complex. As the rest of the niños woke around them, Pau filled in Dante about most of what Marissa had told her. Franco, the jewelry, and the rift. The way Franco had been drained by the ahogados, and Marissa had become the immortal leader of the niños. She left out the part about La Llorona. She dealt with enough embarrassment for one day. So you know where Emma is? Dante asked when when she'd finished, and Pau could feel him itching to draw the chancla. What are we waiting for? Calm down, Superman, Powell said. It's possible to get into the rift on the summer solstice, but it's still not easy. Franco died when he tried to go in without the key. So where do we find this key? Dante interrupted. And this time he really did pull the z- slipper out of his pocket, whacking it against his palm until sparks flew into the sand and he dropped it in surprise. Powell raised an eyebrow but didn't say a word as he slid it back into his pocket sheepishly. I don't know yet, she said, trying to keep the frustration out of her voice. Marissa has Franco's memories now, but it will take her a while to sift through them because he lived for so long. She said she'll tell me if she finds anything useful. Whoa, Dante said, running his hand over his shaggy head. The guy you have a crush on dies, and you have to eat fire and live forever with his memories, and here I thought we were having a bad week. It's a sacrifice, Pa said, and they were quiet for a long minute not quite meeting each other's eyes. Pow wondered if he was thinking about crushes too, then mentally berated herself for being so shallow at a time like this. And when she wasn't thinking about Dante and crushes, she was remembering all the things she wasn't telling him, and that was so much worse. The secrets between them were growing, multiplying like her mom always said they do. As the hopeful feeling of making progress toward Emma waned, Pow's worst fear took its place, and she was alone with it. How could Pau tell Dante she might have corrupted magic in her? Some monster part that was making her constantly angry and sad and giving her these terrible dreams. She couldn't reveal that all this trouble might be her fault. Maybe before, she could have. The old friend duo of Dante and Pau had been more resilient. But the new Dante and Pau had weird boy-girl spiderweb cracks in their windshield caused by magical clubs and Naomi's and secrets and loss. Pau couldn't risk losing him, too especially now when Emma needed them both. You're still here, Sal came bounding toward them, tassel-haired and smiling. Pao was grateful for the interruption. Does that mean you're staying, he asked. For now, Pao said, smiling. We heard you guys might need some help fighting monsters. Sal surprised Pao by leaping forward and throwing his arms around her. She laughed, squeezing him back. Thank you, he said, and Pao had never felt less like a monster herself. As cheerful as this scene is, as this little scene is, Naomi drawled, walking up from the, on the other side. We haven't done anything worthy of celebration yet. Sal, clean up duty. She jerked her thumb over her shoulder to where ten or more niños were already gathering by the fire. Pau and Dante started to join them, but Naomi shook her head. Not you guys. Marissa wants you in the pit. The pit? Pau asked, not, dis- not missing the way Dante squared his shoulders and checked, obviously, for his chunkla. It's where we train to fight monsters, Naomi said, looking Pao up and down. It should be fun. Fun for who, Pao muttered as they followed her to the other side of the mess tent. Be nice, Dante said, but he checked for the chunklet again. In your back pocket, Pao's stage whispered, right where you put it after you dropped it. Shut up, he retorted, blushing, but he didn't reach for it again. The pit was exactly what it sounded like, a hole in the ground, about six feet deep, and the width of a boxing ring. Marissa was standing inside, up against the farthest wall. Pow imagined it must have taken weeks to dig this out, but with the desert dirt packed down so hard, it seemed like it had been here forever. Welcome, said Marissa, somehow looking rested, even though Pow guessed the girl hadn't slept since before the mono fight. Did eating burning coals make you immortal and immune to need for basic things? She made a mental note to ask later, assuming they'd survived the day. Pal, why don't you choose a weapon?' Marissa offered, motioning behind her to a blanket on which several were laid out. "'Dante, I doubt you'll find anything better than the one you're carrying, so you can practice with the Arma del Alma.'" In honor of her recent truce with Dante, Pau decided not to make any more snarky comments, but it wasn't easy. The weapons looked like they'd seen better days—a rusty sword, a warped wooden staff, a pair of pitted daggers In all the novels Pao had read, the weapon a character chose somehow reflected their personality, but she didn't feel particularly drawn to any of these. Everyone was staring at her, though, so Pao knelt down and tried to pick one, despite the disappointment that was settling in her stomach. Dante got to fight with his fancy legendary club that basically painted the word hero across his back, and Pao was going to be beside him with, what, a long stick and a shopping bag? Pal, Naomi said, we're kind of burning daylight here. Yeah, Pal said, picking at the sword, whose tip snagged the corner of the blanket and pulled it back. Wait, what's this? Under the blanket was a short, fat knife with black duct tape wrapped around its handle. It looked even more worn than the rest of the weapons, but for some reason, Pal could picture herself using it, twisting through a crowd of monsters, stabbing them until green goo covered everything. I want this one, she said, dropping the sword with a clang. Really? Dante asked, wrinkling his nose. Really. It looks a little dull. We can get it sharpened up for you after practice, Marissa said, her own long, graceful knife hanging at her hip. its surface swirling like an oil slick on the river. Honestly, I'm not even sure where it came from. She fell silent at a fierce look from Pau, who felt weirdly protective of the ugly little dagger. But I'm sure it'll be great, Marissa said hastily. Come on in. "'Please, both of you.' "'Pau held her chin high, leaving Signora Mata's crocheted bag behind as she hopped into the pit. "'Dante dropped down beside her. "'Now hold your weapons out in front of you.' Pao turned her attention to the knife, which fit perfectly in her grip. "'The tape was a little warm, like someone had set it down—had just set it down. "'It was comforting in an odd, potentially germy kind of way. "'Dante pulled out the chancla. "'The slipper was still folded from being in his pocket all night.' And Pow tried not to laugh at its less-than-impressive appearance as he stood there in front of the three-armed girls. "'Go ahead,' said Naomi, watching him with shrewd eyes. "'Go ahead and what?' he asked, though it was pretty obvious what she wanted. "'Transform it.' "'Right,' Dante said, shifting a little back and forth, which Pow knew was a sign of nervousness. Her mean-spirited inner monologue went silent at once. First, he tightened his grip on it. Then he took a deep breath and kind of— squinted at it. Nothing happened. It's okay, Pau said under her breath, just try to remember what it felt like before. I know, he snapped without looking at her, and Pau bristled. She was only trying to help. Boys were so sensitive. Every muscle in Dante's body was tense. He was focusing so hard he was starting to sweat at his hairline, but the slipper didn't grow fuzzy bunny ears, much less transform into a fearsome soul weapon. The state of mind, Marissa said, stepping closer, drawing her own knife in one fluid motion like she'd done it a thousand times. Pow hadn't noticed before, but it had the same shimmer as Dante's club. Is that? Pau asked before she could stop herself. It was Franco's, Marissa said simply. His arma del alma. Pow had about three thousand questions for her. Did it have a common form? How many of them were in the world? How did she how had she gotten it from Franco? Was it as powerful as Dante's, or were they all different? But Marissa's eyes were a little sad. So, with considerable effort, Pau kept her queries to herself. For now. What was happening when it changed before, Naomi asked, was asking Dante, joining Marissa at his side. That stupid mono was about to kill us, Dante said, his face flushed. Now, it just happened. After I came up with the idea to use it, Pow thought, her snark was alive and well, but she didn't let it escape through her mouth. You were in danger, Marissa said, walking around him like a jungle cat stalking its prey. You wanted to protect yourself and your friend. At the last second, just when it seemed like she would lunge for Dante, Marissa changed direction and leaped toward Pow instead, her knife extended. Pow's reflexes weren't bad. She'd always done okay in gym class and stuff, but nothing had prepared her for a sneak knife attack— she didn't even have time to step out of the way, let alone lift her dagger to ward off Marissa's blade. As it turned out, she didn't have to. A wave of energy from behind her caught Marissa mid-stride, causing her to stumble and, cor- and overcorrect, then sent her straight, straight past Pau and into a neighboring cactus. With her out of the way, Pau had a clear view of Dante, who was looking triumphantly at the fully transformed shining club in his hand. I figured as much, said Marissa, picking a cactus spine out of her palm. "You savior types are all alike. It's never about self-preservation. Dante suddenly seemed very interested in the toe of his left shoe, or basically anything that wasn't Pao's face. Inside her, a storm of conflicting feelings swirled around, which was one of her least favorite things in the world. On the one hand, she was a little offended that Dante thought she needed to be protected. On the other hand, it was kind of nice that he had wanted to, wasn't it? Was she a bad feminist for thinking that? Being best friends with a boy is so confusing sometimes, especially when the boy had nice hair and a magical weapon and kept holding your hand at key moments. We're not going to be able to threaten her life every time you need to draw your weapon, Marissa said, breaking the awkward silence between them. So I suggest you figure out how to do it on your own. Got it, Dante said. He still wouldn't look at pal. Okay, moving on, said Naomi, stepping forward. You got lucky with that club during the fight against the Mano Patrona, But it won't help you with some of the other things the rift spits out. You'll need combat skills. Pao tried to listen, but it was hard when she was too busy wondering what Naomi meant by other things. And whether Ondina's voice would save Pao from those, too. And if anyone would notice. And the most important thing is to protect your face, Naomi said, interrupting Pao's thoughts. Their number one priority will be to pull you toward the rift. But if they can't, they will go for your soul stuff, your life force. They attack the mouth, the eyes, the ears, so that's where you need to focus. Dante raised his club higher, obscuring his face completely. Naomi jabbed him in the stomach with the butt of her spear. Of her spear. He doubled over wheezing, and Pao didn't know if she wanted to laugh or punch Naomi. She settled on neither. That doesn't mean you can neglect the rest of your body. Naomi said, as if nothing had happened. Dante straightened up, wincing. These things are monsters, are monstrous, but they're not dumb. If they can't get your face, they'll do whatever they can to bring you to the ground. Pau remembered how helpless she'd felt when Dante was being dragged away, and her sense of panic when that hairy demon hand was choking the life out of her. The worst part of it was thinking that she had failed Emma. While she was recalling all this, Pau held her dagger loosely at her side. Naomi took advantage of her distraction and lunged at her without warning, but somehow Pau was ready. fat little knife deflected Naomi's spear before it could reach Pao's face. Good, Naomi said a little begrudgingly. For the next half hour, Pao and Dante practiced repelling attacks, usually to the face and neck, but sometimes Naomi and Marissa switched tactics and went for the ankles, too. Pao tried to let go of her anticipation and keep all possibilities open. She stopped more attacks than Dante did by a pretty wide margin, and soon Pao started to see telltale signs that it was bothering him it was like they were back in his room playing a video game instead of training for combat in a mystical cactus field his actions became erratic and he paid more attention to her movements than his own pow deflected another blow dante took a hit to the ribs we don't let people win out of pity she reminded herself and the next time naomi left an opening pow charged into it taking the older girl by surprise Nice work, she said once she had Pow on her heels again. That's a good segue into offense. Let's huddle up. Pow waited for Dante, who was engaged with Marissa on the other side of the pit. When they were done, he walked past her without a word. Pow rolled her eyes. He didn't see, but Marissa did, and she raised an amused eyebrow. Okay, said Naomi, clear in her element now for a few white curls straying from the not on top of her head, her eyes blazing. During the third quarter, offense is tough because you never know what the rift is going to spit out. Obviously, you guys have seen the chupacabras and the manos pachonas, but that's not everything you, you'll you have to face by a long shot. In her mind's eye, Pau pa saw a parade of red-eyed rift creatures swarming them, wings and scales and talons and manes. She looked at the little knife and fought the urge to scream or run away. Now that we're so close to the solstice, things are getting dire. Whoever's in charge in there always sends the worst of us just before the rift closes. And since the solstice makes the veil even thinner, it means they can send the worst of the worst. Marissa and Naomi exchanged a glance, and Pau wondered if they were thinking of Franco. Of the night, the rift monsters had drained him of his life force and dragged him inside to die. What are they, Dante said, giant lizards? Massive birds or something? He choked up on his club as if to prove he was ready. Marissa shook her head. The Ahogados will be next, she said. What exactly, Dante began. Naomi, her eyes full of hate, didn't let him finish. They're the corrupted souls of the kids who were taken, the ones who couldn't escape. And if you think you're ready for them, you're sadly mistaken. Paul felt her stomach turn over. She pictured the kids from her English class, only venom-eyed and soulless. How was she supposed to kill them? They were just kids. For a moment, she was back on the black river bank of her dream, her white hair hanging around her face, her own glowing green eyes searching for targets. But then, worse even than that, she saw Emma, her skin pale and translucent, her sparkly purple nails reaching for Pau's throat. No, she's not dead. She hasn't been corrupted. Pau told herself. In her dream, Emma had still been corporeal, her voice still human. She's alive, and I'm not going. And I'm going to save her. But as Naomi got them into fighting formation, Ondina's taunting words came back to her, unbidden. Did she tell you that the solstice is your only chance to get through the rift? Suddenly, Pau was distracted. Ancy, her bargain to help the Nino, seemed reckless when when she was faced with the prospect of Emma's blue eyes turning green forever. She couldn't stand the idea of Emma's love for comics and Kit Kat bars and those stringy shoelaces you don't have to tie being replaced by a horrible mindless hunger but pow couldn't get into the rift alone this was the this was still the best way forward wasn't it marissa got into a defensive stance her water blade extended pow tried to listen to her instructions stay out of range so their arms can't get you attack the mouths and hands before you're sucked dry or dragged off but her heart wasn't in it anymore all she could think about was emma and ondina's words Pau was afraid she wouldn't be able to get inside the rift, or worse, that there was something corrupted within her. That somehow the rift would find a way to use it to hurt her friends. Dante was better on offense than he was on defense. He and Naomi were locked in a battle a few yards away. Pau could tell Marissa was about to give her a talking to about her lack of enthusiasm, but the sound of a horn echoing in the distance stopped them all. "'What does that mean?' Pau asked, alarmed by the way Naomi gave up the fight against Dante and headed straight for Marissa.' It had to be something bad if Naomi was walking away from probable victory. Means we're under attack, she said when she reached them, taking her place at Marissa's right side. In the middle of the day, Dante asked. I thought you said they only came at night. The first rule of monster fighting is that there are no rules, Marissa said, especially not on the solstice. She looked at Naomi. Sounds like the East Quadrant. Do we all go? Marissa shook her head. We'll be leaving the camp unprotected. Naomi nodded, her eyes... "'dark and serious, her white hair proof of all her previous battles, "'of everything she had lost. "'I'll get a team together and go,' she said. "'You stay here.' "'I'm coming with you,' Dante said, and Naomi nodded. "'Pau wanted to strangle him for a stupid machismo. "'Instead,' she said, "'if he's going, I'm going,' but Naomi shook her head. "'You stay here,' she said, already turning away.' Pau saw red. Excuse me, she said, but I don't take orders from you. If he's going, I'm going. She felt her eyes narrow, her features twisting into what her mom called her. This, her features twisting into what her mom called her. This means terrible, it means trouble expression. Naomi's face softened and she stepped closer to Pau. We need his club, she said, but if you're there, he'll be distracted. It could be dangerous for you both. Pau had never felt more useless. I'll keep out of his sight line, she said. I'll. There was no leniency in Naomi's eyes. Stay with Marissa, she said. Protect the camp. Make sure he comes back. I'll make sure he comes back in one piece. It took everything in Pau not to go on a rant about how girls shouldn't have to be responsible for boys' inability to control their stupid savior complexes. But this was life and death, and she had more to worry about than Dante's scattered focus. White haired, green eyed, rage filled. Pao stared back at her from the dream world. Okay, Pao said quietly before stomping across the ring to where Dante was practicing swinging his club. If you get hurt, I will kill you. She shoved him squarely in the chest. He stumbled a few steps, then crossed the distance back to her and won. Instead of shoving her like she expected him to, he looked at her uncertainly, then swooped in and kissed her on the cheek. For possibly the first time in her life, Pao was stunned into silence. I'll be back soon, he said. Stay safe. He followed Naomi out of the ring before Pau could do more than gape like one of the Gila River's three headed fish.